dating as a couple can often feel super awkward. And I don't know if you struggle <laughs> with it. I struggle with it. You struggle with it? No. Well, I think early on in our marriage, we struggled with it a lot more. Yeah. And I think the struggles changed. I don't know. It, sometimes it was like I didn't know what to say. Or you don't want to be like, God, I pray that my husband would finally hear what I'm trying to tell him. Like You're like subtexting right. your spouse in prayers, praying for things you want them to change <laughs> in their life. Yeah, so prayer yeah. is hard. A, it's a hard thing to understand. B, I think we can get into a rut like anything else. And we're like, I'm just saying the same things over and over again. Does it even matter that I'm saying them? Hmm. Uh, so in this episode today, we want to talk about some of those struggles and how we can overcome them through different methods maybe, but also just what the what a beautiful gift prayer is. So with that, we'll see you on the other side. I tend to think that the reason couples struggle with prayer is because we have too small a view of God and too high a view of ourselves. And mm. here's what I mean by that. Either we think we're going to pray and God will not work, we think we're going to pray or God does not want to work, or we just think that God maybe doesn't actually care. That's having a small view of God. Or we think we're not praying enough. Maybe or yeah. Like, like we're the ones that <clears throat> actually... That's good. So if we if we just prayed enough, well, I, I can't pray enough right to prayers. make it happen. So I guess right. I'm not going to pray after all. Uh, that's having a low view of God. Having a high view of ourselves is that if I pray, I'll actualize it, right? Or more subtly... I don't pray because I actually don't think I need God's help. Mm. If you've ever struggled with prayer, if you've ever felt awkward praying in your marriage, if you've ever felt like you run out of things to say, or you just you don't know how to kind of break that ice, then this episode's for you. Because I will tell you, aside from God's word, aside from the work of the Holy Spirit, there's nothing more important and more life-changing mm. in the life of a marriage, in the life of a couple, than prayer, than praying together praying separately for one another. Yeah. As a couple, we long for unity. We long for the spiritual unity mm. and we long for, of course, physical uh, unity and intimacy. But the one way that I think we both agree on in terms of how we can spiritually mm. be unified uh, is through prayer. Yeah. Uh, I would put reading scripture right with that, but oftentimes we can pray scripture, which we'll get into that shortly. Yeah. But uh, unity is one of those Big, beautiful blessings of prayer. Wonderful. Before we do that, make sure you rate and review mm -hmm. this podcast, this video, either on YouTube or in your podcasting app. That means the world to us. If you're not a subscriber, make sure you go ahead and subscribe. Uh, this content, we're, we're here to create this so that your marriage can hopefully, by the grace of God, flourish just a little bit more mm -hmm. so that your children will be the be the benefactors, the beneficiaries, I should say, <laughs> of a much healthier couple, much, much healthier mother, father, husband, and wife. Uh, and so that's why we're doing this. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Yeah. We do appreciate you giving us the time it takes to listen to these episodes, to apply the principles in your life. That's why our promise to you is that if you're going to give us your attention, you're going to give us your time, we're going to do our very best to present to you the biblical case for the various issues that we talk through uh, in marriage, specifically on this this show, the mm -hmm. Fierce Marriage side of things, but also on the parenting side, which that's the Fierce Parenting podcast, Fierce Parenting channel, not channel, but it's like a playlist that we mm -hmm. do. So yeah, make sure you rate, review, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, and then also Patreon. So if you want to partner with us, 
uh, we would be honored and very grateful. This is how we support our families, by God's grace. Uh, so go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner. That will redirect you uh, to a place where you can actually become a monthly partner with us or you can do a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. It's completely up to you. We just ask two things that you pray about it. And if God leads you, that's a big if, if God leads you to support, then you would go ahead and act on that leading mm-hmm. um, by the Holy Spirit. So we'd be honored to have your partnership there. All right. As we probably mentioned at the beginning, we are going to talk about what prayer is. Now, this is not going to be a huge, extensive definition, deep theological conversation, because there are many, many minds, greater minds than ours, people that have come before us that have tried (laughs) and have successfully in some form uh, nailed down and defined what prayer is. However, it is still like anything of God uh, beyond some of our own understanding. Uh, I think this side of heaven, maybe forever, uh, because God does bigger, greater, deeper, more purposeful things than we can even comprehend. So Will there be praying in heaven? No, or we're going to be with God himself. What? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, well. If we're talking to God and you call that prayer, then yes, sure. lots of praying <laughs> in heaven. <laughs> so what is prayer? We're going to go through a biblical definition of that. Uh, and then by consequence, what is prayer not? Or so what is, yeah. what, I know I don't ever know, know how to phrase that. Like what prayer is not, what, what is not prayer. What prayer is, what prayer isn't. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, there it is. So smart. And smug. And smug. <laughs> So, and the next part, uh, so two parts. What is prayer? What is it not? What is prayer isn't? (laughs) What prayer isn't? (laughs) Why, number two, why do we struggle with prayer as a couple? We did mention some of those struggles, but we're going to kind of define those again because uh, the answer to those struggles often helps us understand the struggles. Yeah. Uh, And then how then should we pray? So Mm. looking at Jesus's instruction and format, uh, I feel like that's such a small word for what it actually is of him showing us how to pray. Um, And then some other resources to hopefully be helpful for you. So first, what is prayer? What is prayer? What is prayer? And our our good buddy TK, (laughs) old Timmy Keller. (laughs) We do not know. Timmy, you're listening to this. We do not know him. Didn't mean to call you Timmy. (laughs) Timothy? <laughs> no disrespect you mean. Jimothy Keller. Timothy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, of course it follows. We've been reading Tim Keller's uh, book on prayer, and he defined it, uh, so there's a little bit more to this picture, but he says we can define prayer as a personal communicative response to the knowledge of God. Wow. Uh, he So communic- let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. So personal, meaning that it's I'm myself as a individual, as a person responding to the knowledge of God in a communicative way. Yes. You're communicating. So how, how Which does, is good because I tried to define prayer as, as verbal and I was like, well, you can pray in your head though or you could write it. Right. So it's not really verbal, but it's a communicative course. Yeah. Like when you Selena, are lo- Selena loves to pray <laughs> through interpretive dance. That's like Selena's favorite mode of prayer. How dare you reveal that to everyone here. It's really awkward when I walk in and she's praying. Well, it's my <laughs> prayer closet, so... <laughs> Do what I want. <laughs> Do what I want. Um, Communicative, yeah. <laughs> and and I love what he said. Uh, it's in response to yeah. knowing God. Now, here's the big question. How do we know God? Um, and there's a thousand answers to this question. And there's only <laughs> like, there's only really one good answer. And that's through his word. And here's why I say through his word. There's general revelation. General revelation is, we see that in Romans 1, is mm-hmm. that we know by virtue of how God made us, how he made creation. If we didn't have scripture, if we didn't have Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. we would know somewhere, somehow, there is something out there. <laughs> okay? Somewhere. And that's that's why you have all the pagan wor- kind of worship of, you know, ancient times and even right. current pagan worship. Because we know in our guts, like, there's something more to life. That's 
but but the problem is is that we don't know who God is until he does something different than just general revelation. He has to reveal himself in a special way to us. And the way that God has chosen to reveal himself is through his word, the logos. Without having God's word, we don't know who God is. Mm-hmm. God's word through scripture and God's word through Christ. Mm-hmm. God's word has Christ. Uh, in other words, God's decree, his special revelation. So when we pray, the very at the very root, our prayer is a response mm-hmm. to that re- revealing of God's character to our human hearts and speaking into our human situation. Right. Uh, and as we distill what prayer is down, uh, there's two, which you've already mentioned one. There's two sort of categories, I guess you mm-hmm. could put them in from our studies. Of course, there's many more. But for the sake of this conversation, prayer is both an instinctual, a spiritual, I'd say, instinctual response to uh, hmm. the revealed like word of God, but it, it it's also a gift from God. So you had a really good analogy before this. You said prayer is like uh, like swimming. Can you explain that a little bit? <laughs> I didn't think it was that great, but you thought I it was really good. Great. So he thinks it's <clears throat> prayer. Ever, I'll, I'll, I'll paint this picture. Have you ever had a little dog and you hold the little dog over water? What does the little dog do? <laughs> start paddling. It starts paddling. <laughs> I feel we have like, a little dog. We've held <clears throat> him over water. <laughs> and that's kind of like what prayer is. When you get thrown into a body of water, what yeah. do you do as a human? You start to swim. So prayer is a little bit like that. So what, what did you mean by that? Again, it's it's much more of a instinctual response. So as a believer, uh, we can't not, that's a double negative. So we, we almost have to be praying. If we are a true believer, if almost. God has done a work, we have to. Almost. Almost. Sorry. It's <laughs> always a little. No, we have to be praying. We have to be praying. Because if you stop swimming... This is why I love that analogy, because if you jump, someone pushes you in the water, you have to swim or you sink. Right. And And you're taken wherever the current takes you unless you are actively engaging and swimming and on a path to something else. And that's the the picture. (laughs) That's very similar to the picture that Jesus paints for us around the idea of prayer in Mm -hmm. Matthew 5, the Beatitudes uh, and reliance and trust Mm -hmm. in God and the priority of glorifying God. And in how he, in Matthew 6, now tells us how to pray. It's very parallel with the idea of, listen, if I don't, in Matthew 5, uh, he's going to the Beatitudes, he says, don't, don't be anxious, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the response to, to our human like uh, propensity for anxiousness? We, now, we need to trust God. Well, how do we trust God? We give over ourselves to him through prayer. Mm-hmm. He said, don't worry about uh, money. He says, don't worry about um, looking at... In, what you'll uh, eat, what you'll wear. Yeah, and when you fast, like don't fast out in the open. Instead, fast... In the in the secret, essentially, mm-hmm. what is that a reflection? That's a reflection of I trust that even if nobody else sees this, God does. Mm-hmm. I I can trust Him, and so our sinking tendency is to want to be anxious. If we stop giving it up up to God, we want to be anxious. We want to carry the burdens ourselves. We want to seek approval anywhere else, and it will always inevitably lead to our death. But when we pray, it's as if we're swimming, and we're realizing right. that that um, I have to trust God. In an ongoing way. Well, and I think of, uh, you know, friends who were swimmers. They didn't naturally just like know the butterfly stroke, right? Like I still can't do that. I look like a flopping fish. And I was always like, man, it looks so cool. And I wish I could do that. You can do it. I, I, I like can do it, right? It. With more practice, with with better coaching. And I, I don't know if this analogy goes this far, but uh, I think that we can understand prayer at a deeper level if we also dig into yeah. knowing God and understanding 
uh, again, what prayer is as a response, and then secondly, as a gift. You know, mm. when we respond to God's gift of salvation, uh, we can then converse with Him and know Him, like you said, through Scripture and by the mm. power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we can now cry, Abba, Father. So He has now become our Father. We are not strangers to Him anymore. We are His children adopted in through Christ's sacrifice and atonement. Look at the Old Testament. This was not the case. Not everyone had free access to talk to God whenever they wanted to, whenever they felt like it, whenever there was a small inclination. You could be stoned for such Hmm. actions. When you think of how far we've come and and how there used to be a tabernacle and the Levites and the priests were the only ones that could, they had to go through all these ceremonial uh, cleansings and whatnot Hmm. to even just enter in, and not even to the Holy of Holies, but just enter into the tabernacle and the tent uh, of God's presence. And now you and I get to sit here and talk to God anywhere, at any time, freely, without fear, with full confidence. We can, as Hebrews says, approach the throne, right, with full confidence to yeah. interact with the King and Creator of the universe. Yeah, I think that if if we're not if we're frustrated and struggling with prayer, then we need to understand that our heart is not probably oriented in the right direction or the right way. Well said, well said. And again, to go back to the beginning where we said, you typically if we're struggling in this, it's because we have a low view of mm-hmm. God and we have a high view of ourselves. And that can go both ways. We can think, just to reiterate, we don't, I don't pray because I don't need God. That's one way I have a high view of myself. But I also don't pray because I feel like if I don't pray right, mm. that my mediator, Jesus yeah. Christ, the Holy Spirit in me who is showing me how to pray, I'm, I know more than him. I know more than Jesus. That's why I can't pray because I... Or, you know, right. if I this don't do it right, then it's somehow yeah. going to dictate God's response to me. That's, that's a high the, view of self. That's a high view of self and a low view of God, and that is not what we are talking. That's not what we're saying you should do, obviously. Yeah. So prayer is, it's instinctual, what you said, it's in response to the revelation of God. Yes. And, and, and then secondly, the second thing you said was prayer is a, a gift. gift. Yep. I love that. So looking at con- in contrast of what prayer isn't, uh, it is not uh, incantations or like recitations to call on some higher power to give you what you want. It's not this genie in a bottle type uh, relationship or mm. conversation. And you can probably see why that's problematic, right? Because you're assuming, again, your place rather than actually knowing it. You're assuming that uh, if you say something, then something will happen. Right. I mean, that's taking a very, very high view of self, a lot of pride. I want to read a scripture real fast. Okay. I want to go back to Matthew 6, mm-hmm. specifically where Jesus is talking about, here's how to pray. He says it explicitly. When you pray, don't do this, but do this. And he has us two things not to do. And what you said, the incantations piece really does, it sounds funny kind of in our Western ears, like incantations. What we mean by that is sometimes we feel like if we just say things enough, mm-hmm. if we just say things the right way with the right music, with the right mood, with the right Feelings emotions, then the prayer must be getting through. Because if I don't do those things, then it's getting lost. Like somehow it's getting lost on its way up to heaven. It's getting intercepted by the radio waves, by the satellites, by, and it's just not getting there. So I need to pray harder, push harder. And Jesus explicitly speaks against this. Okay, mm. So the, this isn't the first thing he speaks against. I'll go back to that next. But this is the second thing he says. And when you pray, do not heap up, heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles do. Remember, the Gentiles were the non-Jews. They were effectively the pagans. Mm-hmm. of the ancient world, mm-hmm. like the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Mm. That's what I, what, when you say incantations, that's what I think. So mm. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's especially rooted in pride because we feel like if we just turn the right knobs, if we right. twist the right, make the levels look just right and we say the right things, we do it enough, we, that's effectively, it's almost like casting a spell. 
Yeah, and what a good lie of the devil to say, you know what, it really is up to you. So if you could just get it right, I mean, if you could just figure it out, if you read the right books, say the right things, do all the things, then you'll get what you want. Like it's and that's a high view of self because think of like Harry Potter, think of any sort of modern, you know, wizardry, wizardry kind of magic and all that kind of stuff. It's always like, do you say the right things with the right kind of buy-in? with right. your heart. Yeah. That's what effectively, that's what magic and spells is. Okay. And here's what Jesus says after that. He says, don't do the things um, uh, as the Gentiles do. Don't pray like the Gentiles for they think they will be heard for their many words. Then he says this, do not be like them. All right. High view of God for your father in heaven knows what you need before you ask him. That's so good. And then he goes on and gives us the Lord's prayer. So that's I the first I love that piece. you see the father, the child relationship. Mm. It's not just, you know that God your king, your, you know, it's a, it's a familial relationship and he knows. So I have to know that he knows. Right. Right. So if you have a high view of God, you say, God, you actually already know what I'm going to pray. Right. But still you're asking me, you're Mm -hmm. telling me to pray as if I know that you know. Yeah. See how that changes our whole orientation? Like when you're going to God in prayer, you're not somehow like revealing knowledge to him. (laughs) Yeah. Like God, I, I, I sinned against you. Hope you didn't see it, but I'm telling you right now because I'm, <laughs> I'm come confessing clean. <laughs> to you. Like he already knows, right? Or God, he I doesn't need... tell us to tell him because he doesn't know. He tells us to tell him because we need to know. Because at its core, <laughs> prayer is about orienting our hearts and aligning our hearts toward and with the living, true God. Right. That's the first thing that he does. This the first one is prayer does not. We don't pray with many words. Okay, that's what Jesus says. I, I would say was, along with that is prayer is not just a vent sesh either. So. And some people would argue this, like, well, can't I just go to God and just be like, God, these are all the things I'm struggling with and la, 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 la. And I would say that you can, I, I believe that you can write out what your anxieties are, what your struggles are, what your frustrations are. Well, it does say cast your cares on him. Cast your cares on him. Yeah. However, with the knowledge, knowing that he cares for you. So it's not just, mm. I'm saying all these things, I'm venting and then I'm out. Like, we need to stop and sit oh, at the feet good. of Jesus. It's always because that what you just described is I'm going to God not just I'm going to God to for me. Throw it against the wall yeah. and just walk away. But instead, I'm going to God to bring these things to Him. Yes. What do you you don't just bring them to Him and then take them back. You bring them to Him and you say, God, what 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 am I to do with this? Yeah. What what would you have me do with this? Lay Can them at the altar. Lay them at the cross. From me, those things which I cannot control. I'm going to trust and you. And lead with me those in the things. things that you've given me agency over. Yeah. So that's the first piece. Don't pray like the pagans who heap up many words. And then the other piece was don't pray like the Pharisees who think that by praying these magnificent prayers, these loud prayers, these out in the open open prayers, that they'll somehow be more pious, right? And what does that do? That's about our glory. (laughs) That's all about me taking some glory away. When, If you ever notice, like when people, Christians get in like a circle and they start praying, it's weird how they, they talk one way when they're talking to you and then they talk a completely different way when they're praying to God. It's a weird cultural sort of thing, but like they're always repeating God's name or just, 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 just and they're just, it. it's very wordy. It's very different yeah. than it would be if they were just having a conversation with you. And that's the wordiness, but also out in the open, it's like, why do you change that when you're with us? Right, it's a heart indication too. So, of, like you said, trust and glory. There's this heart, yeah. there's this, in Tim Keller's book, he was talking about how the prayer your prayer or prayers of people around you often reveal how you pray or your lack of prayer in your own private life. And right. so I think that is a very interesting point. Uh, so just to close that up, Jesus okay. says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Okay. So the two kind of 
the two orientations there, or and Jesus is contrasting them. Says they either pray to be seen, like the hypocrites, or they pray to be, to make God hear, right. like the pagans. And Jesus is saying, no, you pray in secret, right? And we pray to trust God more and to right. glorify God more. So. So we're going to get into the three main struggles, which we've already kind of touched on because at its root, uh, we struggle with prayer, like you said, because we think too highly of ourselves, too little of God, but everything we see that Jesus is laying out in Matthew 5 and 6 is pointing us towards the opposite of having a high view of God and a smaller view or a more, I think, sobering and just humble view of ourselves. And And that is a very relieving, yes, a freeing, relieving place to be. So the three main phrases I think we say when we struggle with prayer is we don't think we need prayer, we don't want to pray, or we don't know how to pray. So it's kind of hmm. a method question uh, rather than maybe a heart uh, issue. Uh, so when we talk about, when we say we don't think we need to pray, I think we've harped on this quite a bit. Uh, we don't pray because we don't think we need to. We have too much pride in our hmm. own abilities. Uh, we think, I mean, just think about the times when you pray the most, that's when you're in the most need or you feel like you're in the most need, right? Um, The other side of this, I think that can maybe just be like demoralizing. When you hear 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. I remember hearing that as a kid and being like, I had to pray all day, like without (laughs) stopping. How do you even do that? I don't understand what that means. And so it sounds like an impossible task that's being heaped onto you. And so you're just like, I don't really need to do that. Like, I can just get along with my day and my life, my marriage, without God's help in this area. I, I'll I, throw up a prayer when I get desperate, right? Secondly, we don't want to pray. So we we're talking about how it can feel really awkward uh, to pray with your spouse, especially if it's not something that's familiar to your relationship. Uh, how can we overcome this? It just feels, you know, clumsy and weird, and I don't really know what to do. Um we don't think, you know, again, we struggle with, does it actually work? I don't know. And um, it just, I feel like maybe we say the same things over and over again. This feels kind of stupid, right? Just <laughs> really circular. Um, when you're I would praying, just, you're thinking I would just say, yeah, as like basic instruction, typically when we're praying as a couple, like we sit together, we hold each other's hands, we close our eyes and we pray. And one of us prays and then the other one can close or we can keep praying back and forth. Maybe we just pray about a specific thing. Uh, maybe we're praying for a certain mm. part of our relationship, or maybe there's something externally happening outside of our family that has uh, been just a weight on us. Work's been hard. The kids are extra stressful. There's a lot happening in this season. How mm. can we manage it and love them well? Again, sitting face to face, hands hold, held, eyes closed. Yeah. Not because that is the format or way that you're supposed to pray, but it's eliminating distractions and it's also unifying. Yeah. Many husbands talk about praying as an awkward experience. And here's my really blatant encouragement to you. If you feel awkward during prayer, it's probably because on some level, you don't actually think God is there and listening. Mm. and You're not talking to him. Mm. You're paying more attention to how you sound to yourself, how you sound to people around you, your spouse, or maybe anyone else who could be within earshot. Mm. And I think by recognizing that prayer isn't just some mystical thing, it's a command. We're called to pray. And that God is real. When the focus is on ourself, that's when it feels awkward. So my encouragement to you is take your eyes off yourself, husband, wife. Take your eyes off yourself when you're praying because you're not talking to to your spouse. Or yourself. Or you're not (laughs) talking to yourself. You're not talking. You're talking to the living God. And if that's hard to wrap your head around that, then I would encourage you to pray, God, help me. Help me understand the truth and the power 
of praying to you and the opportunity here to know you. Yeah. Um, I think that's the Good. first stop. So awkwardness is usually the first, the biggest. Ex- ex- it's the biggest hurdle. Hurdle that we hear couples yeah. articulate. Yeah. So getting into the next step and the struggle of why we don't pray, often we feel like we don't know how to pray. And we're going to go through quickly uh, Matthew 6 about, and you touched a lot on it, of how you should pray, when you should pray, and why you should and can Mm. pray, uh, the way Jesus lays it out for us. And then we're going to kind of talk through a few supplemental resources that might be helpful Mm. uh, for you on this journey of prayer. Also, side note on that, prayer is a journey. Uh, It does often start as feeling more dutiful rather than delightful, I guess I will say. (laughs) But it can, as as it becomes a discipline and as you push through that kind of dutiful sense uh, or uh, season, uh, there is this delight uh, to be had and the discipline will definitely Mm -hmm. bear fruit. There's a lot of Ds in there, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, so how to tangibly pray. Now you're talking about as an individual or as a couple? I think it can be applied to both. So, yeah. And maybe you can give examples. I One of the things that I, I really want to make very clear is that prayer is a dialogue. Okay. And you, we said it early on, that's response to yeah. God's word. Well, that's, he is initiating. That's what I love about prayer. Yeah. He has initiated it, the conversation. Mm-hmm. He's not up in heaven, like doing the chores, minding his own business <laughs> and wondering, I wonder the when Ryan's going to call. Heaven. What are those? <laughs> I wonder when Selena's going to, you know, she hasn't ta- touched, like he's initiating always. Yeah. So good. And so we are responding to him. And so the way we respond to God is in reading his word and we pray through scriptures. We talk about that a lot at length in our prayer books, 40prayers.com. Check those out if you want some really tangible teaching that goes beyond this. Um, and so I, if I'm stuck, what I've, tried to do and is I'll start with the Lord's prayer. And mm-hmm. that's because I just think to myself, Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. So I'm like, all right, well, I, <laughs> I'm about like to pray. Word. So I'll yeah. pray like he said. <laughs> and so you go, our father in heaven, holy is your name. And yeah. what is he doing there is he's, he's automatically setting himself apart uh, in station and in his own nature. Well, he's orienting who, who he is, yes. who we are. Our father. Is. Yes. Okay. He is father, father. Yeah. authority, but loving authority, mm-hmm. familial authority. Okay, and so there's a level of respect there, but also a level of intimacy. Yeah. Our Father, where is he? He's in heaven. He's not here. He does, he sees. He's above it all, right? He's a he's set apart in station and in uh, in his very nature. Mm. Holy is your name. Hallowed be your name. Right. Mm. That's the different the ways the different translations say it. Holy means set apart. It doesn't just mean good. It means set apart, different. Right. Perfect. So good. And so he's he's set apart in both station and in nature. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. See, I'm just going down yeah. Matthew 6. Your kingdom, not my kingdom, yeah. not my will be done. Yours, God. And if mine should align with that, praise be to you that you've yeah. transformed my heart and my heart's desires to be yours, right? Yeah. So he's setting himself apart both in priority and in power. Mm. Your, Yeah, yours, your kingdom come, your will be done and on earth as it is in heaven. And only you can make that happen. I can't say, so good. Lord, I'm making your kingdom come here on earth. Just, <laughs> just relax. relax. No, it's like, yes, that needs to happen and you need to make it happen Lord, yeah. because only you are king. Yeah. Our, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. What is that? It's a, it's Sustain a, us and recognizing him as our source. Yeah, setting him aside, setting him apart as our provider. Mm-hmm. Um, if it weren't for him, providing i i can't there's not a, uh there's not a piece of land i can work hard enough 
right? That would provide. Would for you my say apart and above? Set yeah, apart and above. I mean, he's he's, he's done that. Our at Father the in heaven. Holy is your name. And a provider usually is someone who's above the person they're providing for. Usually, yeah. right? Give us this day our daily bread. And again, he, he he is of course um, looking back into. Uh, the Exodus when yeah, yeah, yeah. they were they were given the bread from heaven mm-hmm. as the sovereign I mean, provision. Yeah. It was each day that bread was only good for the day in which it was given. You couldn't stockpile it, which meant they had to go back and trust him every day oh, for that bread. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so give us our daily bread. And I just want to pause right there really quickly. Give us this day our daily bread. Trusting God in the middle of the struggles mm. that we're facing in our marriage for a spouse that is not following the Lord, for a spouse who has been given over to addiction or infidelity, the troubles and the struggles that you're facing and that you feel like you're in the hot, fiery furnace, Jesus is our bread. God gives us sustenance for the day. We must go to him. We must go to him both in scripture and in mm. prayer. And Yeah, and Jesus even mentioned the manna back in Matthew 3, I believe. It's one of the first things he said was, mm. The enemy the devil was tempting him. He said, make this food for yourself. And Jesus said, no, man does not live on bread alone, mm. but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's Matthew 4, 4. Unbelievable, this rebel. And he himself is the, is bread. the bread. He's now giving himself daily, in mm. a daily way to us. Um, and then finally, it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Mm. So he's setting himself apart as our leader. Lord, help yes. lead me in the path that is holy. Mm. Tell me where to go. Help me avoid the yeah. pitfalls. I am prone to sinking in this water. Yeah. Help me float. Lead me to yeah. life. He is set apart as our leader. And as, people aren't going to like this word, but as our controller, as the sovereign. He is mm-hmm. the one with control over everything. Now, he doesn't control us like puppets on strings. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying. But give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are indebted to us. Mm-hmm. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. See, he is sovereign. Mm. He is good. He is our leader. He is sovereign. He is our father. And so going to the Lord's Prayer, I think, is a really helpful, tangible thing for couples yeah. to do um, together. Now... And doing this in private, rem- remembering the Pharisees, remembering yeah. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Go. And when you're fasting, go away. Go away. Trusting again that your mm. efforts in this area are being seen by the one that it matters yeah. Where it matter, who it matters to be seen by. Yeah, and that's the trust component. And there is a really strong connection to be made. Maybe we, we're going to talk about this more, but we're running out of time. Jesus, look at how Jesus shows us how to pray in the first half of Matthew. Mm-hmm. There's a very strong connection between prayer and forgiveness, us forgiving others. Jesus at one point says, that is when you pray, Sorry. forgive those who have sinned against you so that your Father in heaven might forgive your sins of you. Well, and the fact that forgiveness is a part of how you should pray. It's not just mm. give us, like provide for us, Lord. Yeah. We worship you. Amen. It says, forgive us that we may forgive others. Again, as believers, our lives are marked by how we love one another. We can't love each other well without forgiveness being a part of the equation, especially yeah. as a married couple, because there will be offense. There will be problems. There will be struggles. There will be mm. uh frustrations with each other. And if I can't forgive, my heart will continually be hardened as stone and I will need the king, the rock to come in and crush, right? And give me that heart of flesh. And can we just grasp for a moment the audacity of a child who sins, is sinned against and holds that sin against 
their sibling mm. and then sins against us and now is asking us to forgive them. Hmm. Say, I'd love to forgive you, but you're now, you're, you're, you're holding that sin against your sibling. The audacity. Mm. We see that in Matthew 18, the, the, the parable of the unforgiving servant, and that that always results poorly in the person who doesn't forgive. So right. forgiveness is strongly correlated with our prayer life. Right. So don't let your lack of understanding on how to pray mm. keep you from praying as a couple. Just a few quick uh, supplemental resources we'd want to go through. First is uh, Donald Whitney's book, Praying the Bible, as a smaller book. I love all of the size of his book. It's super helpful, <laughs> easy to read. Yeah. Gets right to the point of how you can pray through Scripture. Uh, prayer, again, can feel circular, can feel dry but when you go to scripture and you can start in the psalms because they're very poetic they're very hymn-like they lend themselves to being expressive and can help orient reorient your own heart because david the writer of the psalms they he was reorienting his own heart in during war during peace during internal struggles all the time so it's a good place to start and there's a lot of instruction on how to pray Hmm. he starts with psalm 23 uh as the deer pants for the water, right? Isn't that uh, the Lord is my shepherd? That's the one. There's yeah. deer and shepherd. Sorry. That's my favorite psalm and I can never remember. Shepherd don't shepherd watch don't over deer watch though. Over deer. <laughs> <laughs> Some shepherds maybe. Not very good at it. <laughs> no, it terrible flock really animals. Very <laughs> nomadic. Oh my goodness. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want praying that scripture and, yeah. and focusing on God is my shepherd. So what does that mean? I shall not want. When, when do I want? Why do I want? Lord, help form my desires, right? And so stepping through each of those, he says, just keep praying until you either run out of psalms or run out of time. And before you know mm. it, you know, time is just passing you by and you're engaged in this conversation with the, the living word. Uh, two more resources, Prayer by Timothy Keller. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that earlier. Incredible book. It's a little more dense. It's longer, uh, but it's good. We also have our books, 40 yes. Prayers. That's specifically for husbands, yeah. for wives to pray prayers. So like the book that I wrote is as if I'm praying over my wife, right. as if you're a husband praying over your wife and vice versa for Selena's book that she wrote. Um, I would say it's in a good devotional type format. It's yeah. 40 prayers. One prayer each day uh, takes on a certain theme. Uh, one you like to do is like head to toe. Uh, the other, I like to pray for his heart uh, and his mind, God, and yep. maybe his eyes. Like what is whatever he sees, Lord, I pray that he would... Uh, you would he would be honoring mm. in that and honor me in that and yeah. that the ba- the battles that he faces that you would give him strength. So there's a lot of different themes. There's blank pages to be able to write those prayers out in that book. And something neat I think is that you can give those books to each other and share them and see how mm-hmm. you've been praying for one another. Yeah, with the journaling pages yep. in there. Yeah. Uh, the final thing I wanted to mention is as you're learning how to pray, remembering that it's a dialogue that's ongoing. So yeah. you are responding to scripture, but scripture also says that the Holy Spirit will tell you what to pray for. Yeah. And so often we pray, 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 pray. Amen. We're done. Peace. I'm out. Like we, I said my prayer, I'm done. Can you imagine talking to your spouse that way? <laughs> like one-way conversations all the time? You, you, that's you, what you, I do. You, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's true. Because <laughs> I have too many conversations. He gets tired of listening. <laughs> I try it's to. It's true. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Stay in a fact, not an offense. <laughs> but a healthy conversation is always going to have speaking and responding, speaking, responding, mm. responding, speaking. And and so prayer never gets boring when you start asking God what he has to say. Mm. God, who do you want me to pray for right now? 
And all I do is I just think, who's dropped right into my guts right that moment? Yeah. It could be a friend. It could be a relative. It could be a situation. It could be a mm-hmm. certain burden that I didn't realize I hadn't articulated in my own heart. Mm-hmm. I can now give it up to him. That's an amazing thing. If you just breathe and give God the, t- the chance. Yeah. And of course, if God in your mind is telling you things that are counter scriptural, that's not God. That's, some, that's something else. That's your own mind. That's the enemy. That's how you can begin to discern yeah. when God is actually speaking to you, when it aligns with scripture, when it's not contradictory. One last thing is that prayer, I think, is also a means of breaking the ice. If you guys haven't been praying with one another or you're yeah. kind of trying to re-enter that place, uh, you can just ask each other, hey, how can I be praying for you? Or what can I, What do you have yeah. any prayer requests? Sometimes it's easy to just kind of talk about that and then you can go and pray to the Lord. Uh, mm. And then you guys can even come together and pray together about those things. I think that's always the big Open up my heart. Here's what's inside. Everything's here are all my prayer requests, all my needs, everything that is consuming my heart, my mind, my soul, my focus is just usually in that. Yeah. How can I pray for you? And why is that so disarming? Well, and maybe yes. end with this. I think it's yes. disarming because it's orienting our hearts now as a couple yeah. on not us, on not you, on not me. Yeah. Instead, how can I be going to God for you? Because mm. he's the one that we are oriented toward. Yeah. That's totally disarming. That changes the whole dynamic. And even if you have a, a spouse, a husband or wife who their heart is hard, mm-hmm. if you just genuinely, sincerely ask, I love you, how can I be praying for you? Mm. It's almost always going to start cracking that that hard shell around their heart. God is gracious. He's the one that does the heart change. Mm. And he can. I, I, I think we're contending here that he uses our prayers and even going to one another asking about praying yeah. as a means by yeah. which he... Softens hard hearts. So a little encouragement. Prayer is, again, both a gift and a joyful mm. duty. It's a journey that often begins with duty but can end in delight. Mm. Be diligent and faithful with your own prayer life, your private and your secret uh, prayer life, and also with your spouse. And I think a couple's conversation challenge would be to get and begin the 40 mm. prayers book set that we have. Yeah. Because it's a really, it's just a great place to start. Yeah. Well, you want to pray? You write books because you hope people read them. So we're going to just shameless plug. 40prayers.com. <laughs> check those out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll pray us Speaking out. Speaking of today. prayer. Lord, we thank you for the gift it is to know you and to pray mm. to you. Pray for the couples who are wanting to grow in this area and that you would help them. Show them where to start. Give them the courage to do so. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, this episode of Fierce Marriage is... When you can. We'll see you again in about seven days. So until then. Stay fierce. Bye.